0: the podcast this is a weekly podcast by denver transplants i'm andrew and i'm matt and this is you are from you one episode away matt
1: one episode away my friend i can't that is crazy like just thinking about where we were a year ago and more like me because i just literally moved didn't know a dang thing about the city and man what a what a journey what a journey yeah
0: i mean i would say if we did an IQ test of your Denver knowledge between now and today, I mean, it's astronomical, and I would probably say mine as well, even though I was already here for a year and a half, I would say we have learned a tremendous amount.
1: Yeah, and we hope you guys have too, for everyone listening here. if uh, hopefully, hopefully, it was as good for you as it was for us. <laughs>
0: yeah. and I would say uh, for everybody – if you haven't noticed, Matt sounds like he smoked 15 packs of cigarettes. He actually was in Fort Worth this weekend watching TCU lose again to another Texas school. So yeah. Matt's feeling really good about his TCU frogs and just decided to lose his voice. So I don't
1: know. They needed, they needed my help, and it clearly didn't help. But <laughs> after the first loss, every loss that comes after the first loss, doesn't hurt near as bad. It's like, ah, eh, well, all right, whatever. We suck.
0: <laughs> yeah. So. I agree. So to give us a uh I know my my sources are telling me that Carly has moved from the PSL.
1: I wouldn't say moved. She's just more like she's discovered a uh, new similar drink that she's been been drinking a lot of. I think she still drinks her PSLs but She's been transitioning slowly to a new to a new drink. And don't tell you, don't tell them your sources. My wife directly told you. <laughs> yeah,
0: my sources told me, not Matt. <laughs> and supposedly she has moved to the pumpkin cream cold brew. So uh, we're gonna start, we're gonna add that onto our PSL account. I'm not sure if Matt has the updated count, but we will keep you guys updated on that. Maybe. If you're not a PSL fan, maybe try this pumpkin cream cold brew. Supposedly Carly likes it, and she's a big fall person, so maybe switch it up. Try something new.
1: Well, in the cold brew too. I mean, caffeine wise, I, that'll I'll put some hair in your chest. You'll start seeing sounds after a couple cold brews. So that uh, if you're into that,
0: yeah, I agree. And speaking of sounds, uh, this week's episode, just to give everybody, the main topic this week is going to be focused on haunted things to do in October. So we've picked four places that we feel are pretty distinctively different to talk about kind of just the general where it is, how far it's away, what is involved in it, when it's open and the cost. So if anybody's thinking about going to a haunted house or wants to do something similar, I think this would be a good uh, overview of just a couple of them and kind of the differences and what makes each of them um, better than the other or what you might think are better than the other.
1: Yep. And a lot of these places, I mean, they book out pretty far in advance too. So it's like, you know, it's we're in the month. It's the first first episode in the month of October. We wanted to give you guys enough time, plenty of time to get your bookings in, you know, for two, three weeks down when it's closer to Halloween, because these things do book up quickly. So especially the bigger the group, you know, the the quicker you're gonna need to book up. So we want to go through all this to give you guys plenty of time to get your scare fix in before before spooky season's over.
0: Yeah, and I do have quite a bit of things to talk about this week before we get into the episode. Um, One is bridge security. So if you have been to the airport in the last couple months, it's starting to get to the point where the the lines are back to full length. Uh, TSA pre-check is closed on one side currently. So it's tripling that line. There is, if you never knew this, we've talked about it a long time ago, but there are three security checkpoints at Denver Airport. One is the north entrance, one is the south entrance, and one is the bridge security. On Friday, I went to Nashville, Tennessee, and I showed up to the airport like typical 45 minutes, an hour before my flight, and the TSA pre-check line was through the entire section and then wrapped around all the way down to the middle of the airport. So I then proceeded to the other security line and we had the same issue. It was just a massive line. So the third option I did is I went to bridge security, which is actually up on the bridge. I would strongly recommend if both the lines are really long, you check this one out. It goes directly into terminal A, which is kind of frustrating for B and C because you still have to go down all the way and get on the train, but it saved me from missing my flight. So strongly recommend if you see north you see south, they're really bad, figure out where the bridge security is, maybe look at it on the way to the airport if you're late. It's a good option, it's a good alternative if the lines are really, really bad.
1: Yeah, and only thing too, it's so funny because um, we traveled on that Friday as well to come to Texas and the bridge security is great it moves much slower than the main ones. Obviously you have, it's two people checking versus the giant securities. So that you see on the North and South. So funny story. I had my buddy actually missed his flight on Friday because he went to bridge security and he would have actually made it. He would have made it if he would have gone the normal, the normal route. So it is a good option. Sweat. I love that you bring that up, just know that if the line looks similar and long, It goes slower oftentimes than the actual ones. And so I actually had a buddy miss his flight on Friday, which fun fact. uh, So what the reason for all that we found out later was that 200 TSA workers went on strike on Friday. So we got to the we got to DIA and we were there at like, you know, 545 for our six o'clock, our first 640 flight. And we hear all these people just start screaming, like cheering and like 200 people. That were all TSA people just got up and walked out. Um, right. so That's that is why that happened. But yes, bridge security is great. And, but that was, I actually had, a, we barely made our flight. And I did have a buddy miss his flight on Friday because of that. So yes. Yeah. I,
0: well, I thought that was more of the janitor striking for increased pay, but maybe it was both. Double strike. Not good for the airport. No. So that is that. Another big news item. If you are hopefully listening to this on Tuesday early morning and it's not past 10 o'clock, you can buy officially Hamilton tickets go on sale at 10 a.m. online. So you should be prepared for that if you're trying to go to Hamilton. They're going officially on sale tomorrow. We told you guys we would let you know when that's occurring. So be prepared for that. Just Google probably Denver Hamilton tickets and you can find where you can purchase those. And I think the prices range from I wanted to say it was like I think that the highest ticket's like two hundred and fifty dollars, which is like VIP. and I believe the lowest is about sixty dollars. Um, yeah.
1: It's yeah, it, I, mean, it, I mean it's one of those things where it's like for Hamilton, if you guys are musical theater lovers and know how these ticket bookings work, we can we can give you a a range of ticket prices, but Hamilton is a show that is in such high demand and goes so quickly. I I would recommend if you have the money to do it, just buy the tickets that pop up and get the best tickets you can, because I've had friends miss it because they were trying to price check and they ended up, everything got sold out before they could even figure it out. So it's like, they can be expensive, but it's one of those shows where it's like, just, if you want to go, it's worth going. Hamilton's my favorite musical theater show and just just accept the two tickets, the best two tickets you can get the best four tickets and just get them and just pull the mandate off. It's worth it. I promise. So tomorrow, 10 o'clock sharp people. There we go. Be ready.
0: A um, couple of um, final news things. Uh, Casa Bonita officially did sell to the co-founders of South Park in a court in the filings. They sold for 3.1 million. So we will see how that goes see how that opens back up and see how much work they're doing um and so we'll keep you guys apprised on that because we feel like that's a big denver topic that everybody's been kind of talking about
1: yeah
0: and the last thing before we get our episodes fully started matt had a phenomenal dad joke so i wanted to ask him to tell everybody on the podcast his dad joke for this week
1: Dad joke, well, now you now it's a lot of pressure. Now I have to have a dad joke every week. Now, no, I'm just now I this was one that I heard of, and it, it bothers my wife to no end. And so this was, in my defense, this was not my idea, Carly. If you're listening, this was not my idea. Sweatnam's making me do this, and I, you know, you know how much I hate telling this joke. So uh, I'm just going to go ahead and uh, share this wealth of knowledge with the collective group. So, so there's this guy, right, and he starts his garden in his backyard. And the garden starts to take off, but it's not its not really taking off as fast as he, he thinks it, it should or could. And so he has, when I say garden, he's got a lot of, you know, a lot of fruits, a lot of vegetables, but he's got a lot of these flowers and the flowers are the ones that aren't growing as well. And he's like, you know what, what else can I do? I'm watering them, um, you know, fertilizer, all the, I did everything. What else can I add to this? And he was like, you know what, I, I should go look into getting some bees, right? Because bees can cross pollinate, make that, you know, all sorts of, you know, new plants and help the plants that are currently there grow. And so he goes, to his local bee shop goes up to the guy and goes, you know, I'm, uh, I'm here for uh, some, some bees. I need some bees for my, my flowers in my garden. And the guy goes, okay, well, how many, how many bees do you need? And he, he kind of looks at him and he was thinking about it, calculating how many square foot footage he has. And he was like, you know, I think 12, I think 12 bees will do it. So the guy goes back there and picks, gets the bees and brings out a little thing with the, the, the bees and, The guy's like, you know what, I I, I trust trust this guy, but you know, trust but validate, right? So let me just make sure I'm not getting ripped off here. Make sure I got all 12 beats. So he counts them and he goes to the guy and he goes, Hey, I think I think I got 13 beats and I only asked for twelve. And he's like, Oh, well, the last one, that that's a freebie. (laughs) Wow. But I just sit sweating just staring at me with a smile, like,
0: Oh, that's pretty cool. I'm a big fan. <laughs> the
1: the more the more I tell the joke, and Carly will tell you this. The joke that I actually read is like four sentences long, but the more <laughs> I tell it, the more elaborate the joke gets, which I find is a good. You gotta you gotta lit you gotta leave it up, and you just tell the joke, and you just sit there and stare at the person and wait for them to.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean that's uh, that joke now is gonna be told by all of our listeners for forever. So thank yep. ma- thank you, Matt Spengler, for just. A very elaborate tedger. You're
1: you're welcome. That's what I'm here for. So sweat. Now that we've gotten the bee joke out of the way, what did we uh? What did we learn this week?
0: Yeah. So Matt and I last week had the pleasure of going to Red Rocks for Tyler Childers. Mm-hmm. If you haven't heard of him, he's a country artist. That's kind of country folk artist, but more importantly, at this concert, you needed to show that you had proof of a vaccine, and. What I was thinking about was like, I don't really want to take my vaccine card to a concert. Like, you just never know what's going to happen. It seems like the vaccine card becoming more and more important. And then, secondly, I was like, a photo just doesn't seem like that valid, even though supposedly it is, it works. But what I was told in the group text that we were in is there's an application called My Colorado, which I downloaded. And you basically plug in your, you scan your ID, your color ID. And then you plug in some more additional, and it has like probably five layers of authentication, authenticate, yeah, whatever it's called, and to authorize you. And so once you get through, and then you type it in, you can actually link into your vaccine. So it, this app does more. It's an iPhone app or a, a Apple Store app, uh, Google app, but it, it provides more than just your vaccine card. So. You can get your vaccine card, which is super nice. It just pops up and looks like a really official vaccine recording and you can screenshot it, you can download, send it. But you can also on this app is also a digital ID. So if you lose your ID or you don't like to carry your your wallet ID around for some reason, it does have your ID. You can download vehicle registrations, insurance cards, your Colorado Parks and Wildlife license and passes. So if you get you know, a state pass for a year, you don't have to worry about losing that. You have your vaccine card and then there's some other things that are within the app. But I thought it was super helpful to be able to show up to a concert and just, you know, log in and show your vaccine card. And then I felt like it was helpful if it's something that somebody doesn't like to carry around, like their IDs or something like that. It's a really good tool that Colorado has made. So the, the app is called My Colorado. I think it's worth it. Download it, use it, and you'll think it's later. Yep.
1: Yeah, and I thought the coolest part, too, about that was, like, so I, I did the same thing. The vac- vaccination card is not, like, wallet-friendly. It's a really awkward size, so it's, like, I didn't know that this existed. But when you scan your ID, it, it like, auto-populates. So, like, I was under the impression, like, I had my like vaccination card ready like expecting me having to like put in my like I got Moderna on this date and blah 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 and it's like no it's like once you once you sign up and go through all the the validation items and authentication and all that it just auto populates based on what's on record so you don't have to have really anything you just need your ID and ways like you know just to set up a password username and all that so super easy you don't even need to have your vaccine card I was thinking about that like as if you're, if you find out that you're at a music venue or somewhere where you need a vaccination card and you're panicking and like, oh, I need my vaccination card to put into this app to get it. It's like, you don't need that at all. You literally only need your ID. And if you have 15 minutes, you can, you can get that updated, even if you forgot your vaccination card. So kind of cool, yeah. kind of cool deal. Yeah.
0: And I would say even, I mean, it wouldn't even take you 15 minutes, about five, but you keep verifying stuff. So. Little, kind of annoying but like once you fully get through it's a really helpful app
1: yeah for sure so give it a shot all my vaxxed and waxed people out there just uh get her downloaded and go party their winner away so uh sweat where did uh so we go is going to be our episode right so we're doing all the haunted houses so we're going to go ahead and just have that be the where did we go but uh sweat what did we try this week
0: yeah so I would say, I don't know, I might call this a half-ass. What did you try? Because I didn't eat the food. But uh, I went to probably, I think, maybe the most popular venue slash place in Denver right now and called Federales, which is at 2901 Lammer Street, which is basically Lammer and 29th Street. It is basically a, it's a Chicago restaurant group that opened a Mexican concept that's really kind of, I feel like almost focused on the bar scene almost more than is the restaurant. Because if you've been there after about, if you've ever been there on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon or on a weekday after the hours of like, after seven, eight o'clock, the place is absolutely slammed. The line's on the corner, the entire bar is packed. So I went there for drinks on a Saturday night it's really fun. There's a ton of people, it's kind of the CBC place of Denver. And um, I think one of the cool kind of fun things that people have been having, they've been posting all over Instagram is you can get tequila shots in those basically ice shot glasses. And what you do is you take the tequila shot and then you put it down and then you uh, throw it and there's a bell there and you basically try to ring the bell with your tequila shot ice. So kind of a cool thing, kind of a different idea for a bar. I've seen those like kind of in New York and stuff, but never in Denver. So it's kind of a new thing. It's, I guess, I don't know, hopefully coming to Denver, kind of just fun, different concepts. Um, it is a great bar. It's an indoor-outdoor bar. So half of it's out into the open air and then half of it is an enclosed bar. So if it's a nice day, I think year round, this place is going to be packed. I think the inside is going to be packed for the foreseeable future until we get cold enough <laughs> where um, everybody's inside so just a good spot I think it's really fun really cool venue um, rating wise I mean I, I kind of feel that I need to go eat before I can like fully rate this one which to be honest I don't know if I'm ever going to go try to eat here for the next six months with how packed it is just by people going to the bar so I would say just on the bar concept I mean I think it's like it mean, it's where everybody's going right now so I think you got to be like an 8.0 in terms of going out and like having fun at i would say in terms of food i haven't tried it but i would note that i think it would be kind of a difficult place to have dinner it's kind of like one of those places where it's so bar focused um, at least on fridays and saturday nights that there's going to be just like people all around you as you eat dinner and you're not going to hear anything it's just kind of it's kind of a weird spot to go to dinner i feel like
1: it's like eating it. It'd be like eating dinner in a club. Like you just, yeah. it's, you wouldn't, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it, it, it'd be probably okay eating dinner. Like you said, like outside of those hours, like at a five o'clock then, but like the moment you start getting later in the night, especially on the the weekends, it's, I've seen it. It's, it's a madhouse. I would not want to eat dinner there. Like
0: Yeah. So Matt and I, once the, uh, once it slows down, we'll try it. We'll give a full rating on the food. Or if I can find an early afternoon to get out there and try it, I will let you guys know. But just strictly rating on the bar, I think it's a great bar. It's a great concept. Um, really trying to bring an indoor outdoor bar and kind of hit Mexican. So I would give about an 8.0 on just the bar scene alone.
1: Nice, fair enough. Sweat. Okay. Well, so that's kind of the kind of the general stuff. Sweat. So you want to kick us off? You want me to kick us off? How do we? How do you want to tackle this thing?
0: yeah no i'll start out first um so what you're gonna see here is we did four different concepts um we did one that's a haunted house it's more of a chain we did one that's more of a haunted house that's more local we did a denver tour and then we did one that's kind of like a maze so kind of all different four different concepts depending on what you're into how scared you want to get um, and what kind of you care about so i'll start off with the first one's kind of the local ask haunted house that I've been reading about. It's called the Frightmare Compound. And it's it's 10798 Yukon Street in Westminster, Colorado. So if you look at downtown Denver, and you go to the Frightmare Compound, it takes about 20 to 25 minutes without traffic and it's north of the city. So kind of up towards Broomfield area. Um, It looks like it's pretty easy to get to. And the reason this one's, I think, kind of a little more famous is it it was founded in 1983 and has been open since. The founder, Brad Holler, was the first one to open this haunted house in Westminster. And supposedly it took him 16 years to, it says he crafted the compound for 16 years and then he fell ill. And they believed that the body might be buried deep within the haunted house, making this one of the most authentic. So kind of spooky, kind of cool, but it's been around for a long time. Obviously they've spent a long time working on it, and I would imagine they've figured out how to make things very scary and hopefully change every year. Um, kind of different, they have two different concepts. You can either go to the Frightmare compound, which is just you know the, the general hunt house, but then they have what's called the lights out hunt house, which on specific nights, they basically turn off all of the lights. So, I would imagine if you're somebody that thinks you can handle most scary things and really want to like freak yourself out, go to the night where it's lights out hot house. Cause that sounds absolutely horrifying. To give you guys a little bit of sense on the cost, uh, they have GA is general emissions, $33. And that's up to about an hour wait time. They have VIP, which is $43. And that's approximately, I said about half of the wait time is GA. So if it takes an hour, then maybe it's 30 minutes for this. And then they have immediate access for $53 and you basically skip both lines. So it's kind of pick and choose how long do you really want to wait in line? It sounds like the worst it can be is hopefully just an hour. Um, I think due to COVID, they do have, for right now they're having select time slots. So this is technically not a time slot for when you enter the actual haunted attraction it's the time that you can go into the line which so if you have a seven o'clock time that means at seven o'clock you can get line that doesn't mean you're going to be walking into the hot house so maybe budget some time for that um this one's open sunday through thursday 7 through 10 p.m and then friday and saturday 7 through 12 a.m and that's basically between october 12th through halloween october 31st and then the first weekend of november so kind of a cool one bit more store in the denver area and it's local so if you want to support the local guys and you want to get scared and uh be in an actual hunt house, that's a good one to go to so matt why don't you give us the more chain version of the hunt
1: houses so the 13th floor so essentially The 13th floor haunted house, it is located on 3452nd Avenue. And you obviously don't know where the hell that is without Google Maps. So essentially, if you took Colorado Street or Colorado Boulevard North past 70 Highway, you just keep going on Colorado a little bit past 70. and It's right up there kind of north of City Park area. So that's the general area. The 13-floor house, they also have locations in San Antonio and Houston. So to Swatnam's point, you know, it's it's most likely, you know, a, a cheaper option given that they have multiple locations. But it is if you are wanting to support local, you know, they, this place does have other other locations. But as far as, you know, as far as pricing goes, the, the pricing varies based on the day that you go. And, you know, essentially, it's just really the day timing. They don't really vary by time. But the good news about this one, given that it is a larger house, is that it's open basically seven days a week. So the starting on the 5th. So by the time that this episode airs through essentially the 31st, with the only exception being the 11th, they're closed on the 11th. But starting at the timing of this airing of this episode through the 31st or through November 1st, actually. They're open seven days a week. Now, pricing-wise, it gets more expensive, obviously, on the weekends, and it also gets more expensive the closer you get to Halloween. So if you go to today, which is you know October 5th, it's $20 general admission. No matter how much more expensive the tickets are, you can buy a fast pass option for $10 more. And that essentially just allows you to cut the line and get to where you need to go quicker. So that the cheapest option would be on Tuesdays or Mondays. You know, the 5th, the 12th and the 18th are all $20. You, it, it slowly jumps up, but the most expensive is on Fridays and Saturdays at $32.99. So you, you basically are looking at from $20 to essentially $33, depending on the day and how close you get to Halloween. The cool part about this, though, is that given that it's it's such a big it's such a big haunted house that there is actually they have a handful of attractions that you can do above and beyond the actual haunted house itself. So they have a speakeasy bar. They call it the Shriek Easy Bar. Shriek Easy Bar. and It's essentially you have to buy tickets at for eight dollars in advance. But you, you have like fun themed cocktails and you're actually in the haunted house and you can drink. They have they have bowling they have an axe throwing they have a sensory overload like animated haunted house addition that you can pay, you can pay for they have vr stuff they have a sub zero secret bar where they it's like you know cryotherapy mixed with haunts they have a bunch of things you can do but essentially those are all kind of paid in addition to so you go ahead and get your general mission and then they have a ticket option where you can actually just add on these added attractions As far as parking goes, sweat. I think parking parking's free for thirteenth floor, so you don't have to worry about parking. I'm just you'd have to get there early. I'm sure parking's pretty hard to find, um, and all that as well. So that's
0: a lot. There's a lot to do there.
1: Have you seen all the like? It's literally yeah. VR axe throwing. There's two different bars. Yeah, VR stuff. It's just crazy. So it's like one of those things where it's this would be more of like the, the uh, most of the haunted houses that you're going to find, or it's like you go to the haunted house and typically that's about it. This mm-hmm. looks like more of like, you could go a little early or you could go a little later and then backfill with added activity. So it could be like a whole night's deal. So yeah, I mean, that,
0: the guy sounds. I mean, even though it's not like fully a locally, uh, like owned and operated, I would imagine. It sounds like you could do like a, you know, early dinner, get drinks there, hang out, and then when you're, like, time to go in, go there. It just it sounds like a cool idea where it's, like, not just showing up, haunted house, leaving, and being jumpy the rest of the night.
1: <laughs> well, dude, it's it's the difference, if I had to explain it, it'd be the difference between a haunted house versus an amusement park, right? So yeah. this is what you get more of in an amusement park. There's more to do. A lot of what, the, like, the other one I'm going to talk about, about and the ones you've probably been talking about there may be a few other things that you can do like a snack bar or whatever but like they're haunted houses right and this is a haunted house focused theme park is essentially how i would kind of describe it given how many additional things you can't do so yeah
0: i would say um just because matt brought it up on the amusement park we didn't really do much research on this just because um, we wanted to focus a little bit more on like the true haunted houses there is a fright fest at Elitch Gardens. Um, So the weekends in October, there's different park hours, but there's kind of like a fright by night and a fright by day. So they do kind of have a little bit of a Halloween type thing. I'm not sure exactly if there are hunt houses, but if you ended up buying the season pass or you love Elitches, I'd maybe check that out and see if how much Halloween stuff they're doing, but it does look like they kind of have something related to Halloween. Yep. Um, so moving on to a little bit more, even more localized kind of different concept, the Denver tears. So this is basically a, a, um, a take on Denver tours, obviously. Um, this is a concept where you basically go on a guided tour through the city. And what it is, it's located at 200 East Colfax in Denver, Colorado, which obviously is very close to downtown. It's over by the Capitol building is where you start. And it says, our Denver Ghost Tour takes you through eight or 13 different sites around the Capitol area, each of which which has a colorful past. The standard tour takes about an hour and it takes you to several landmark sites in the area. If you do an extended tour, it'll add an extra 30 minutes and will add, obviously, more sites and more um, history. The Denver site starts at the Capitol Hill and goes through some historic sites where you'll see ghostly atmospheres and haunted locations. Um, it's great for a first time visitor to Denver or if you're a seasoned veteran. So, kind of a different concept, not as much focus strictly on Halloween, more ghost tour, kind of creepy old history of denver which you've listened to this podcast denver kind of has some weird past and kind of weird things that have going on with it so it could be pretty interesting um, this tour is goes year-round and you sign up for basically a tour slot either at 8 pm or 10 pm and year-round the tickets are usually per person's about 20 dollars, and then during like the month of october it's 25 dollars. so Something a little bit different, probably not as scary or like jumpy scary as we're saying in our haunted house type situations, but it could be kind of a cool thing. Learn some history about Denver, learn about the ghosts and kind of the weird history around Capitol Hill. Um, so good. I think this one's a little bit more family friendly and a little bit more um, not as scared the shit out of you and you're jumpy all night.
1: Yeah. And it goes into remember we talked about all about the cheeseman park stuff. I can almost yeah. guarantee you they stop by Cheesman Park and walk through all the the bodies that are buried there and walk through all that history. So if you do that, definitely listen to our Cheeseman Park episode because that would be some. I mean, you'll you'll probably it'll be cool to see all of it, but we gave a little bit of context before you go if you're interested. So it'd be an awesome episode to listen to before that.
0: Yeah, exactly. So Matt. Give us our last one.
1: So, dude, I'm, I'm the most excited about this one. If I'm being perfectly honest, I think this is the one I'm going to be going to this year. Um, so the, it's called the Haunted Field of Screams. And the address is 10451 McKay Road in Thornton, Colorado. So it's essentially where the 13th floor haunted house is, just about 10, 15 minutes more north. So just keep going on. Keep going north into Thornton. And it's right, right in there. And the thing that coolest part about this, you know, at a high level, it's essentially what they call, it's an iconic 40 acre cornfield. So you walk through a creepy house, but you also go through this corn maze and people with like chainsaws follow you. And it's pretty crazy. So it's a little more than just like your typical haunted house. Cause it's like, yeah, you have your haunted house that you go through, but a lot of it is you're going through a cornfield maze, um what i will say is my wife did this in high school and she still talks about it today and so i'm going to have to see what the hype is but so what i found this is to be super interesting and this is actually true i was reading it on their website being like there's no way this is real this is just a haunted house I'm giving a description but you can actually google it so it's right off of riverdale road in thornton and riverdale road is known as the most haunted road in colorado with stories of hangings, burnings and roadside accidents, lost souls and decrepit creatures roam the 11-mile stretch aching for help from those passing by. Like obviously they're giving like a story about it, but there's this is an actual this is an actual tale that people you can actually google. Legend has it long ago a man went mad burning down his mansion with his family trapped inside. With the structure left in ashes, the only thing left standing was the iron gates, the gates to hell. Since the malicious incident, locals have reported evil beings roaming the road looking for their next victim. So you can actually Google Riverdale Road and we'll read stories about like people walking, like this, seeing like beings walking on the side of Riverdale Road. And you actually can still see that gate where there's an It's actually, I don't know how proven it is, but there's a legend that a guy went crazy and burned his house down on Riverdale Road, killing his family inside. So it's actually adding to your point, Sweat, where like, you know, the old, the original one, the guy, the first one we talked about, the guy died allegedly in there. Like this adds a little bit of actual creepiness to it. Not saying it's real. I don't know. You tell me, but there's an actual kind of legend and folk folklore behind it, which is kind of cool. So it is open as of this episode and tickets tickets range from $30 to $40 depending on the date. It looks like the VIP option which is, you know, a limited wait time is about $15 extra. So if I put in like basically they're really only open Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but they add Thursday options as the closer you get. So it's Thursday, it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday only, but they are open on Thursday the 21st and Thursday the 28th. If you wanted to if just pick like Friday the 15th you're looking at $40 for general admin and $55 for your VIP fast pass. So, and that's per person. So that's kind of what you're looking at, but really those are, you're not going to be able to get in there on a Monday, a Tuesday or Wednesday, or even yeah. a Thursday, unless you're going closer to Halloween. So, yeah. well, it looks like a pretty awesome. This is the one that I'm going to, if I'm going to one. So,
0: yeah, I mean, we'll definitely, I think it would, Matt and I talked about before the episode that we're planning on going to one of these. So, Hopefully, we go to that one or one of the other ones we mentioned. We will let you know on our where do we go. But these are just kind of give you guys a, a general sense, get excited for October. Obviously, it's fall, it's Halloween, best time of the year. Football is in full steam. So just, you know, more things to get excited
1: about. That's right, man. That's right. So, all right. Well, Sweat, so I think that's the episode. And the crazy part is when we talk to you guys next week, it will be the 52nd episode and if you uh own a calendar you probably know that that means that it's a year so whoo! that's crazy crazy. Yep, yep. so
0: awesome thank you guys
1: all right well Talk to you next week y'all next week love you guys be safe out there